Welcome to another episode of the She Is Grace podcast. My guest today is Sharice Player. Welcome, Sharice. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. So I guess let's jump right on into it. Share your background, please. Uh, yes, as you mentioned, I'm Sharice Player, and I am originally from Port Arthur, Texas. I uh, graduated from Gramlin State University. I uh, was able to live all over in different states, such as Florida, New York, Louisiana, working in nonprofit in the sports industry. Um, but currently, I am a proud wife and mom of two boys. And when I had my uh, first son, I decided to stay home. So I am a stay-at-home mom who happens to be an author and a speaker with a heart for women's ministry. Oh, awesome. Stay-at-home mom, too. That's awesome, too, as well. Okay, so expound on your book. Please share the title. Absolutely. Okay, so my book is called No Makeup, Experiencing Freedom Through Imperfection. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, that fresh face feeling that you get when you wash your makeup off, mm-hmm. yes. you know, we've all been there, right? It just, yes. it's that, that's the feeling that I am trying to, uh, convey through this book, taking off your makeup means to remove all of the tactics that we use to cover the blemishes and the flaws that we wish to hide from others. And so once I theoretically took off my makeup, of my dark past. And that's how I found freedom and beauty in my imperfections. Oh, wow. I love the fact that you said flaws and imperfections, and we tend to hide them from others. We yes. don't tend to expose them, correct? Absolutely. Oh, wow. Don't that's want awesome. Right. And so, yeah, the book, um, it's it's raw and it's real. It, it's really not for uh, the faint of heart. <laughs> I will say that. Um, but it has helped so many women who have been through divorce and or have had abortions. And it's helped them to find freedom from condemnation uh, that they may be placing themselves under. So even if uh, someone listening may not have had that the, that exact situation, um, there's something else that perhaps the enemy may be holding over their head. And so that's what I hope that this book can do for someone is to take that makeup off and show your flaws and your blemishes and, um, just live, um, live your life with those imperfections. And that's how you find the freedom. Exactly. And I know as women, we are, we are, seem to be our worst critics. We're so hard on ourselves at some point in life. Okay, yes. so why do you think women struggle with being perfect? So uh, that's a very good question, and I'd like to speak to that from two sides. Um, just starting with the physical side. Uh, there's this unspoken rule. Uh, it's it's cultural pres- pressure, if you will. So it's it's for women to be perfect. We have to be glamorous. We have to have this super career. We have to be the perfect wife and mom, keep our house clean, use organic products, be a boss, glow up, drink water, get plenty of sleep, eat healthy, all while maintaining the same dress size we were in when we were 20. I mean, do you think, do you feel that that's kind of the pressure that society puts on us? Yes, for sure. Yes, yeah, so I sure. 
Absolutely. So I think that um, we see those images in social media and there's that pressure that we're, we're comp- comparing our flaws and our real life to something that's photoshopped. And so that's where wow. the pressure comes um, from from society. And we put it on ourselves as well. I'm sure we all have right. compared ourselves to someone that we see and that we deem as perfect. But you know what, Sharice, you this was really packed with power. You said cultural pressure uh, to be glamorous, boss mm-hmm. up, glow up, mm-hmm. healthy, maintain the same size. You know, wow, that's a lot because I think as women, it's kind of sad in a sense that we feel like through social media and images of, that we see online that we have to mirror that and we have to be perfect. And I like the fact that you said that, you know, even being a perfect mom you know, having to drink water, having to do this, having to do, having to eat healthy. But yes. that's a lot to that you really unpacked in that in your statement. So yeah. I do feel like as women that we put that on ourselves. We really do because we have to look in the mirror and love who we are. It's not about the person next to us. It's not about the person uh, on our job or some uh, me, uh, celebrity online, a mega star. It's not about that. It's about the gifts that God has given us. And blessed us with even with our bodies and imaging. This yes. is the body that God gave me. Now, what can I do to perfect it the way I want it to be perfected, or whatever the case is? Not to match anybody else, but what can I do to make it better? And that's it. So, yeah, and and I'm glad that you touched on that because so I said I wanted to talk on that for from two sides. So that's the physical side. Then we also have the spiritual side because mm-hmm. we know that we don't. We don't fight against flesh and blood. Right. Um, that, so our struggle is also spiritually to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I like to always refer to Eve. I just love Eve because she gives us <laughs> so much insight to ourselves. So um, we fall for the same tricks that Eve yes. fell for. You know, she already had the perfect life because it was ordained by God. She had the garden. She had the husband, you know, all the perfect. She was eating healthy and organic, all of those things. And I'm sure she was the perfect size. But somehow the enemy convinced her that it wasn't enough. Enough. And that's when she fell for it. She wasn't content. How you were saying that we need to look in the mirror and be content with ourselves. And so when we get to the place where we're no longer content, but we're still striving to get to that idea of perfection that we have come up with, just like Eve come up with, then that's where we find the pressure and we crack under pressure. And that's where all of our flaws and blemishes and imperfections come in. But because we're not living the life that God ordained us to live. Wow. And you know what else um, I want to add to that is that being in ministry and trying to be perfect, I think that most people may think that they're going to be judged, right? That they're going to be judged. And that's why it's so important to have that confidant. You know, if you have at least one to three confidants in a lifetime, then I think you're doing very, very well. But it comes to the fact that you don't want to be judged. And I think that's what it is. Do you agree? I do agree with that. Okay. I do agree with that. Okay. So what does the word freedom mean to you? Um, so the word freedom means to me, it's that I'm no longer living under condemnation. Once upon a time, that was my life. That's what it looked like. And, and it's, it's, 
funny that you mentioned not wanting to be judged. None of us want to be judged. We think, oh, if you knew the real me, you wouldn't want to be my friend. You wouldn't even want to associate with me. But once I latched on to Romans 8 and 1, and it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, I found freedom because Satan could no longer hold my imperfections over my head. Wow. Love that. Love that. Love that. Okay. So do you think preacher's kids are singled out regardless of their character? (laughs) So speaking as a preacher's kid myself, um, I wouldn't use the word singled out. I would say that uh, we're often held to a different standard. So all children mess up. All of us do. Our children mess up. We messed up and, and so forth. But it's it's the difference is that our mess ups, they're done in the spotlight. Um, right. When we mess up, it's done on a on a platform. And I think that unfortunately, there are some people who delight in that because it makes them feel better about themselves or whatever they're going through with their children. And so it kind of takes the spotlight off of them and it kind of, for some people, gives you a pass. Well, so-and-so is doing that, so I'm not that bad or whatever. But um, I, I do believe that maybe not singled out, but held to a different standard. And that is so true because people are watching at all times. You know, mm-hmm. people are always watching and always wanting to judge. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've learned to say, you know what, am I going to judge? Uh, maybe they're having a bad day or I, I'm going through something myself or, you know, I can improve in this area. We all can improve in a certain area. We would just stop focusing on other people. I think yeah, the world would be just a better place. Yes. Okay. So what was the turning point in your life? Um, the turning point in my life is the actual thing that made me write this book. So I, I always say sometimes we have to lose everything to realize that God is our everything. So in 2007, I didn't have a job. I had $100 in the bank and one pack of chicken in the refrigerator. And I will tell this story for the rest of my life because that was the turning point for me. But during that time, God sustained me. He, he helped me to um, keep moving forward, to progress in life. And, um, you know, I don't have the testimony of someone coming up, knocking on my door saying God told them to give me uh, food or give me a job. But all I know is that he held me and he sustained me. And it was only because I could give him glory. I couldn't say this person helped me or that person helped me. It was only God. And so, um, as I mentioned earlier, my dad, he is a pastor and, um, he knew God, my parents knew God, they taught us about God, but I didn't have that personal relationship with God. And so once I went through the time where I lost everything, um, had gone through a divorce, then I began to develop a personal relationship with God, one that I never experienced before. I began to read the Bible as if it was brand new. The word came alive. And um, that was definitely the turning point in my life. Wow. That actually sounds like a transformation. Yes, I would say so. Wow. But that's amazing how sometimes we have to lose everything to, like you said, to gain what God has for us. And you're married again. You have two beautiful sons and, you know, you're in ministry. You've written a book, a couple books, actually, Mm -hmm. I believe. 
And uh, you kind of like, it's kind of like it's full circle. So that's an amazing uh, journey, though, that, um, you know, you had to hit rock bottom and then God sustained you and all that. And I like the fact that you get you're giving God credit and not people because people use God uses people as tools to help us in different situations. So that is awesome. Yeah. Okay. So are you completely healed from your past experiences? You know, I love, I truly do. I love that you asked me that question because I believe that so many of us need to hear this, what I'm about to say. Okay. Yes, I am completely healed from my past, but here's the thing. Healing does not mean that you are guaranteed to walk away without scars. Wow, I love it. Yes, yes. I think that that kind of ties back into the whole perfection thing, not wanting to be judged or not wanting people to look at you a certain way, you trying to put on that makeup to hide those flaws, those blemishes and those scars. But when we find ourselves in that situation, here's the thing that I want us all to remember. And I, and I, I say this all the time. I host Bible studies once a month. I say that when Jesus appeared to his disciples, what did he show them when he came back? Mm. He showed them his scars. He did. And if Jesus bore those scars for us, then we have to understand that scars don't define us. They didn't define Christ. They don't Mm. define us. They are actually a reminder, I believe, of God's grace. How many people do you know that have gone through a major surgery and they come out without any scars? Right. Right. Um, Say heart surgery or brain surgery or something like that. But when they have those scars or even I'll even say this, most of us women can relate to it. Our bodies change and they look different after we have babies. And we look at those as scars or our flaws. But they represent the new life that has come forth from that. The person who has gone through the major surgery, that scar, I'm sure when they look at reminds them, oh, this this surgery helped me. It helped me change my life. And so when we go through things in life, I think that the scars that we walk away with are the things that we are to not necessarily nurse them, mm-hmm. but to be reminded God, you loved me in spite of me, in spite of my flaws. Wow. That was packed with so much power as well. But I like the fact that you said scars are reminders of what we've been through. And we're not necessarily, we're healed, but it doesn't mean that we don't walk away with any scars because I think the scars, as you said, are reminders of what we went through. Like as a woman that's had a baby that has scars on her body, she can Mm -hmm. look and see what she went through to get this bundle of joy, but it's still happiness and joy because she has a healthy baby. And just like us, everything that I've gone through in my life, God has recycled it and brought it and brought it forth to be able to be the complete woman I am today. Doesn't necessarily mean I forget what I went through, but every now and then I have to remember and recall what I went through and and Mm -hmm. look at my scars to see what God brought me from, what he delivered me from. Yes. And now that his grace is so sufficient. Mm -hmm. So anything we're going through, you know, he's allowed it to happen. It's a process. Yes. And we have to continue to work on us daily spiritually you know, with all those negative thoughts about ourselves, all those that negative energy sometimes mm-hmm. that we get from other people. And then not only that, 
people may say negative things to us sometimes that gets in our spirit. So we have to be very careful what we allow yeah. to flow through our minds. Yeah. That's why I always say you have to consecrate your mind daily, you yeah. daily, Ugh. get, you know, get to those positive thoughts and renew your mind daily. Daily. It's, a daily, it's a daily, um, I don't want to say work, but it's a daily thing that we have to do. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it's, it's not even daily. It's every second. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That is so true because, um, you know, the enemy will come through and, you know, like a storm, sometimes he comes in subtle, very subtly, mm-hmm. but we have to know we're dealing with and recognize it and then get ourselves back on track and know that God loves us the way we look. We're the right size. Yeah. He loves the way we look. He loves everything about us. Yes, we can make some changes, but everybody is a working progress. No one is perfect. Absolutely. No one is perfect on this earth at all. So when I think about that, I just keep wake up the next day and do it differently. Pray about it. Yeah. Just try again the next day. And that's all we can do. That's all we can do. Mm-hmm. So what encouragement can you provide to women that are, that are in similar situations that you have endured? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, to any woman who may listen to this podcast that um, you're facing a dark past, maybe it's not the same thing as me, maybe it is, I just want to encourage you uh, to not keep reopening that womb. If I can stick with the healing scenario and the scars, to, to not keep reliving the pain of the past because you are already healed. God took he took the scars for us. He took the stripes for us. Your cuts, they may be deep, but they are forever healed and they're closed when Jesus rose from the dead for us. So I want you to think that, again, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. If you are in Christ, it does not matter what you did. Right. It doesn't matter how bad it looked because when God died on the cross for us, he already knew what you were going to do. And he died anyway. He thought you were worth it. You were created in his image. So it's important to try to uh, keep your eyes on the kingdom of God, pursue that relationship with God, not religion, relationship. And that's the thing that's going to change your life. And then you use what you went through. Doesn't have to be through a book or public speaking that I do, but you use that as a testimony to someone else because you are someone's Moses and you're leading someone somewhere. And so God didn't allow you to go through whatever you went through for nothing. So share your testimony. Do not be ashamed of it. Use wisdom because not everybody is on our side or not everybody wants to, um, you know, listen to it for the proper reasons. So ask God for wisdom and discernment and he'll let you know exactly what you need to do. Yes. It is so important to ask God for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding and discernment, as you said. Well, thank you, Sharice, for being a part of the She Is Grace podcast. Please share your social media platforms. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, My social platforms, I am on Facebook and Instagram as Sharice Player. That's C-H-E-R-I-S-S-E, Player, P as in Paul, L-A-I-R. Or you can visit me at shariceplayer.org. Okay. This is D.L. Hicks, and thank you for tuning in today. Always live your truth unapologetically. Peace and blessings always.